everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rock podcast. I am back with Jonathan Brush, and we are talking about raising kids to be adults and what does that look like. And if you don't have kids who are near those adult years, this is an episode for you too, because we all have kids and they are all being raised to become adults. And and it happens. Oh man, I know Jonathan, you'll agree with this. It happens faster than I ever imagined that it could or would happen. As a matter of fact, as we were getting on to record this, my daughter was taking another one of her driving lessons and I'm just like, oh, how are we here? How are we driving? Um, It's funny, she didn't have any real desire to drive when she turned 16 like I did. But finally, she's like, okay, I guess I'm 17 and I can learn how to drive now. But it's scary how quickly they grow. And so if you are thinking, oh, I only have a four-year-old or a five-year-old, it's going to be so long. Oh, let me just tell you, it comes so fast um, until they're getting into these high school years and moving into these adult years. Um, But it is exciting. And what a great opportunity we have to be the ones to help steer them in the right direction. Um, So we'll get back into our conversation. But before we do, I want to say thank you again to BJU Press for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys want help managing your homeschool on a day-to-day basis, visit their new homeschool hub. It can dramatically simplify things for you. You'll be able to see your child's workload, document grades, modify schedules, and more. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub is the resource you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the hub can change your homeschooling. Well, Jonathan, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am glad to have you back. And as we finished our conversation on Monday, um, you were talking about just kind of the the difference that we see in kids who learn how to ask questions and kids who know how to think for themselves and in homeschooled kids. And I think so often we don't give enough credit to really what homeschool kids come out looking like. Like we, we think that they need to be the most academic types, right? They need to know all of the information stacked up in their brains and they need to have all the smarts better than any public school kid in order to say, oh, our homeschool child is successful or we've been successful in homeschooling our kids. And the reality is a lot of kids come out of homeschooling, maybe not with all of the knowledge that we think they would learn, but they come out so much better prepared for life and for adulthood because they have not been in a public school classroom being taught in sync with everyone else in the world, they've just been taught differently. And I think we have such an advantage um, of teaching our kids this way. I have one daughter who's more academic than the other, um, one who doesn't love academics that much, but she's crazy smart and she knows things that I'm like, I don't even know how you know that because we've never really talked about that or covered that. But she just knows things because of the world that she lives in and because she's curious about life. And so I think if she had been you know, both my girls, if, if we put them in a classroom, um, they would have a very different kind of life education. And so I love that what you do at Unbound is you're really teaching these kids about life. And so we talked about ask and about them asking questions. Um, your, your acronym is adult. It's ask, do, understand, live, and thrive. And that's kind of your framework for learning and teaching. Um, so the next one is do. Talk about what that means and how ask and do go hand in hand. Yeah, so I graduated from college and I went to work for uh, the college I graduated from. And uh, in, in fairly short order there, I was the director of admissions and I reported to a retired Marine Corps colonel, which is an, an oxymoron. Marine Corps colonels never really stopped being Marines. Um, and so I was working for him and he said something one time that kind of annoyed me. And he said, I'll tell you how this works. 4.0 students go on to work in higher education. 
uh, 3.0 students, B students, uh, go into middle management and they never get any higher. And C students are CEOs. And as an A student, <laughs> I wasn't so sure what I felt about that. Um, but, you know, as I've grown older, I've watched that kind of play out. And there's a reason for that. And it's not because academic people can't be practical. It's that we have a system of education that is very answers-based, as we talked about that in our last segment, um, that that defines success by being able to know these answers in a measurable way. And, and in the past, that wasn't a bad thing because you would move into a system where knowledge was handed down in a measurable way. So I went to work at the admissions office and there was a dean there and they had mastered admissions because to master admissions, you got really good at direct mail marketing and campus tours. And a lifetime of that was what you passed on to the next person. So there was a hierarchy. There was the dean and the director and the assistant directors and the counselors at the bottom. And you spent your time becoming a counselor and assistant director and, and you worked your way up by getting better and better at that system, which was handed down in systematic bite-sized pieces. But when I came out and graduated, the entire world of admissions got blown up by email marketing. And then it got blown up by websites. And then it got blown up by something called Web 2.0. And then it got blown up by social media. And then it keeps getting blown up faster and faster all the time. And it's inverted the entire hierarchy of, of, of work. Now, some young kid who comes in knows more about how people communicate than the people that have been there 30 years. And the result is just complete chaos, no matter what industry that you're in. It also means that this idea that somebody that's really good at following rules and really good at doing getting measurable results is going to be the best at something is only true in a few narrow fields now. In most places, the people that do best are the people that go, what is my problem and how do I do something about it? And so that requires you to ask a question and then it requires you to take action to test that theory and do something about it. And then, and this is a really weird part, it requires you to have the ability to fail and then figure out what you went wrong and do that again and to do that rapidly, a rapid iteration of that. Now, that's really interesting because traditional education does not teach things that way. Traditional education says if you fail, it's catastrophic. If you get a B, you no longer have a 4.0. If you have a C, you really don't have a 4.0. And now the whole house of heart cards comes down. You can't get into a good college. You won't get a good scholarship. You won't get a good degree. You'll be, insert whatever job is terrible here for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's not the way it works. I mean, that's just not the way society actually works, right? In fact, you need people that can come out and say, whoa, technology disrupted that. What's going on? Oh, I better ask a good question. Now I better take action, try that. That didn't work. That didn't work. Oh, that worked. Oh, look, technology disrupted it again. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. That worked. And have this quick iteration. So we call ourselves a project-based education company because students in our program, first-year students have to take an idea from an idea to reality as the heart of what they do. That's, that's more important than their grades, more important than their courses, and more important than anything else that they do. Our second year students have to take somebody else's idea from an idea to reality because you don't always get to be a solo entrepreneur. And third year students have to play a leadership role in running a team that takes somebody's idea from an idea to reality. And the point of that is that now the heart of the educational system is actually doing something. You have to take your academic stuff that you learned about and you have to ask questions, you have to apply it, and you have to try it. And I don't care, you know, in a job place, I do care much about your outcomes, right? That's really important. But in this thing, I don't care so much about your outcomes as I care about your learning process. If you fail, that's okay. As long as you explain to me why and what you do differently. If you succeeded, great. It's always fun to coach from a win. Um, but the heart of this is actually getting your hands dirty and doing something because you don't live in a world that's systematic anymore. It gets disrupted pretty much constantly, like right. things like AI, like we talked about last segment. Yeah. So how do you do this practically with your kids? What does that look like on, you know, kind of a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? Yeah. So we do a couple of things. One, we constantly uh, uh, 
I almost said subject them to, and that's not what I meant. <laughs> we constantly expose them to what we call <laughs> subject matter experts. That's where the subject came in. Uh, SMEs, people that have been there and done that. And so, you know, every month they have a, a webinar with somebody who's been very successful, whatever it is that they do. And they go on that webinar and we ask them, like, you can talk about anything you want as long as you tell what you learned. Mm-hmm. And so then we're having them take courses. So they're taking online courses and things of that nature, but then they're in a team of other students and we're constantly challenging that team and those individual students to frame all this in light of their project. So that means if you come into Unbound as a first year student, from the very beginning, we say, in order to successfully complete this program, you have to take an idea from an idea to reality. So the first part of the year is what's your idea? And the second part of the year is how are you going to do it? And the third part of the year is do it. And now you're doing this in the context of getting courses that we say, Understand these courses in context of the reality of what you're about to do and understand these SMEs, these subject matter experts in the context of them saying that they have been there and done that. And how does that apply to you? And so all of a sudden the focus comes from get great grades and don't, and don't get a B to take all this information that's coming into you and figure out how you can practically apply that. Mm -hmm. And that sounds subtle, but it's not. It's actually completely changes the context of education. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Jonathan. Uh, Before the break, we're, we're talking about do, and you were giving some practical ways that kids actually put this into action and the courses that they take, do they take? Are those courses that you have created through Unbound? What? How do they take these courses? Yeah. So there's kind of a threefold answer to this. So when you join Unbound, you can take nine, uh, fifteen, or thirty credits that will be fully transferable to a college of your choice. All of our students are required to take nine credits that come in the form of the signature leadership courses, and they're taught by Dr. Jeff Myers. We just spent a week with him in Colorado. I got back yesterday, um, and these are four college credit, um, and I can I can with good conscience, because I've seen three of my students take these courses now, they're the courses that have actually changed the way my my own children have lived their lives. Like mm-hmm. I, I've seen a difference from them between the time they started the courses and they ended it and the positive changes. And so even if you don't aren't interested in a degree and about a third of our students are not interested in a full college degree, these courses are kind of practical academic courses that show, hey, I can do college level work. I can transfer these courses if I want, but I will take stuff out of these that I will use every single day. And then the additional courses come from a variety of different sources. Um, it, it, we can customize them a little bit, but they're all fully accredited courses, uh, 15 or 30 credit, nine, 15 or 30 credits uh, that will then be guaranteed to transfer into the student's school of choice. And students can earn up to 90 credits this way. So you could take 90 credits through Unbound, uh, take the last 30 through Liberty Online, get your degree without debt and do it fully online. Now that's our first year students. 
Uh, second year students can do the same thing, nine, 15 or 30 credits. But in the second year, we start to offer a few non-accredited courses that Unbound specifically creates. And the non-accredited is actually on purpose. It's a much lighter load, which means students don't have to spend all this time doing papers and what I consider kind of make work stuff that their accrediting agencies require. And we teach them on things like uh, cultural Christian communications. So like really, how do you communicate your faith to the culture? Um, something called tactical communications. Uh, how do you communicate at, a, at a, like a level that most people don't even know the game's being played? And something we call um, financial advantage, which I jokingly call the anti-Dave Ramsey, but you have to listen. This is not because we don't agree with Dave Ramsey. It's because most of our students are already Dave Ramsey acolytes and they know not to get into debt and not to use credit cards. So it's kind of like, you know the basics, how do you go the next step further? Yeah. And those courses are taught in such a way that we say, this is very practical. Literally, we strip out everything that's kind of busy work or academic work. And we say, here's information that if you want to use this, you can apply this tomorrow in your life and it'll make a significant difference. Um, and so that's, those are kind of our tiers that everybody takes leadership courses. You can take as many college credits as you'd like. And then you have some additional courses that we start to add in the later years that are really designed in the places that we think are super essential for students to be successful, no matter what. I don't care what industry you're going into. If you can communicate better than everybody else, you will do better than everybody else. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you teach them with communication? Uh, do you do like speech type classes or I, I mean, how do you teach kids, which a lot of homeschooled kids are, are pretty good communicators anyway. Um, but for those who maybe struggle with it, how do you come alongside those kids and teach them? Because I agree. I mean, communication is, you know, the number one skill. If you, you can know all the things and if you can't communicate what you know, then too bad. Um, nobody's really going to care about the things that you know, or the skills that you have. Well, we, so we talked about ask, do, and then there's that middle one, understand. And there's mm -hmm. a bunch of things in understand, but one of the things that I tell my students is that I want you to know there's always something going on under the surface that is more than most people realize. And if you can understand that game within the game, you can understand that second level, then it changes everything. So let me give you an example. Um, so the question was, do you teach them like, do they do speeches and things like that? And they don't, not because that is not super effective, partly because a lot of my students have already done that. So mm -hmm. I'm getting kind of an advanced group. But because I want them more than that, I want them to understand the theory that's happening underneath it. So here's one of the things we teach and understand. We say, look, a team is only as good as its culture. The culture is created through conflict and how the team handles conflict. So right then people go, wait, what? I say, yeah, look, if you're in a team and they're not fighting with each other, they don't care. That's a lousy team because they don't care enough to fight for different aspects of an idea to make the idea better. Mm. How they fight will build the culture of that team. That can be true for a family as well. Does your family fight? If somebody says no, something's really wrong, right? Like something's so, but it's That's not good about, to hear. <laughs> absolutely, in my house as well, right? But how you fight builds the culture of your family, right? Yeah. If you fight by bashing people around physically or mentally, that's a toxic culture. If you fight by saying, let me understand what you're saying and communicating, even and saying, you may disagree with me, but I'm the parent and you have to do this anyhow and you'll understand later, but in a loving fashion, that changes everything, right? And so when we teach something like communications, one of the things we teach is we teach conflict communication. And we teach it using a book written by a guy who ran a SWAT team in a prison. So this man communicates with people who are extremely violent physically. And this is all that he learned about how to communicate with those people so he didn't have to use physical violence on them. Now, this textbook is not gonna be found at any regionally accredited college, right? But this is extremely practical information. We say, look, when somebody is in conflict with you, they're probably in conflict for these reasons. And it's often because there's an ego involved. They're trying to maintain their status. They don't want things to change. They're running scripts in their mind. This is the outcome that always happens. 
And if you're the person that knows this is going on, all of a sudden you can break the script, sometimes feed the ego, sometimes starve the ego, help them maintain status and know how to get somebody to where you want to go because you understand that's going on underneath that the person you're communicating with doesn't even fully understand. Those are the kind of practical things that, hey, if you just know this, it's not that you have to be executably perfect at it. You just start arguing with your mom and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a second, this is a script. She says this, I say this, I yell, go to my room, she gets upset, we're fine the next day. What if, what is it I really want to accomplish here? I should ask this question. And all of a sudden you've changed the entire course of the conversation. And, and when I watch students do that, when they're working together on projects, because we make them, we put them in stressful situations where they're going to have to do things that they're going to have conflict about. And when I watch them turn that conflict that way, I, you know, try not to do this in front of them because they'll take a picture and put it in social media. But I like, I'm dancing, thinking about like, this <laughs> is what makes the difference, right? This is the kind of understanding that can turn people's direction. Yeah. And what an incredible skill, even more so for life. You talked about families and imagine what kind of world we would live in if husbands and wives would learn to communicate with each other that way, you know, because we're going to disagree with each other. I mean, there's lots of things that my husband right. and I don't agree on music, food, you know, exactly. <laughs> all, all sorts of things like that, that we're, we're never going to agree on these things and that's okay. Um, but then sometimes there's bigger things that we don't agree on. Maybe, you know, how we parent in certain ways mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but but being able to communicate with each other um, in a way that's effective and not demeaning to each other, but still figuring out how are we a team? Because we really are, you know, we are a team and then bringing our girls into that as well. And that's, I mean, that's a skill. I, I wish it's a skill that I was, was better at. Um, and I feel like we're learning, you know, as we're getting older and, and even growing in our knowledge and understanding of the Lord and his word, um, I think we're getting better at, knowing how to communicate with each other in that way. But what an incredible skill that would have been to know early on, you know, in my teen years and moving into marriage, it would have saved years of, <laughs> of struggle and heartache. Um, and so that's an amazing thing that you're teaching to these kids. Um, I'm so grateful for, for what you're doing there. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I think that you, you said earlier, you have disagreements about parenting, but here's the exciting part, right? I had disagreements apparently about my wife and if this is shocking, I'm sure, but it turns out my ideas weren't the best ones, <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes hers weren't. And so when those two ideas come together and you have a disagreement and then you're able to work that out in a way that doesn't have you hating each other, but you're still in love with each other, all of a sudden you have a better, we're better parents, right? Like I'm way better parent with my wife than without, and, and I've yeah. learned all these things. And that's, you know, we can hear that and go, oh yeah, that's definitely true. But when was the last time a, a purported educational institution actually taught that to its students? And yet we would say, look, if you understood that, everything about your life would be better. How you get along with your coworkers, how you operate in your church, how your marriage went, how you got along with your siblings. And so, but we don't, we don't talk about that because we think naturally people know those things. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that I say, if we get better at those things, we call it being extraordinary at ordinary things. I tell my students to change the world. If you're extraordinary, the ordinary things, then you'll be surprised how much stuff will change after that. Yeah. Yeah. And what an advantage we have to have the word of God, right? Because there are so many things that are not gray areas. They, they are black and white. This is what the Word of God says. And so there needs to be no argument, but sometimes it takes knowing the Word of God or one parent maybe knowing it or one spouse knowing it a little bit better and saying, you know, okay, but this is what the Bible says. And the other being able to say, ah, okay, fine. <laughs> God's right. Word always stands firm. It's always right, even above any of my, you know, ideas about what I think is right. And, and so I'm so thankful that we do have the Bible to help guide us through these things and, and teaching our kids to know God's word for that very reason, so that there's never question. I mean, we have to ask questions, like you said about things, but there are some things that 
There's no question, you know, boys are boys, girls are girls, right? There's not a question as to whether or not that's true. It's true. And I, I'm reading uh, through Paul's epistles right now, and they're so good and, and so much life application um, that I just read. And it's almost like he wrote it today, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that we can just read them and go, oh yeah, that pertains perfectly to the things that are going on in our world today. So um, so I love what you're doing. Um, we are out of time, but we're going to come back. There's much more to talk about. We're going to come back tomorrow and continue talking about it. Tell us again where people can find out more about Unbound. Absolutely. At beunbound.us. That's beunbound.us. Uh, you can find out about everything that we do there, as well as find us under that same uh, Be Unbound name and all social media platforms. Okay. Sounds great. We'll link those in the show notes. You guys, thank you so much for listening or watching today. If you're watching, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, please leave a review um, on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you guys have not yet seen the movie, Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserockedmovie.com and you can stream it for free. Have a great day. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.